Welcome back to another episode of Bed Letter. I'm your host, Christian Ashleman, and this is the podcast where we chat a bit about our psychohuman brains, a little about our loony human behavior, and a lot about how it all fits together. So today we are on episode 40, Big 4 uh, thank you so much to those who've been following along with the podcast. I really, really appreciate all you guys uh, taking the time to listen. It seriously means a lot to me. Um, if you know someone who you think might enjoy Bed Letter, uh, please feel free to share the podcast with them. And if you're interested in signing up for the monthly newsletter or in joining the Bed Letter community Discord server, you can head to cashleman.com. That's C-A-S-H-L-I-M-A-N.com. Over there on my website, I have a blog that I like to write poems and post there or just uh, various things, as well as uh, info on editing, tutoring, and mentoring services that I offer. If you want to help support the show in an additional way, I do have a Patreon page, and if something in the show sparks a question or a comment and you want to share that, uh, feel free to head to my blog, the community Discord server, or to my Instagram page, at cashleman, all of those are fantastic places to share your thoughts. So today, episode 40, um, we are going to be continuing the conversation that I had with uh, the first guest of the show, Abby Willis. Uh, today we're going to be kind of going into PTSD and how minor symptoms of PTSD can affect your everyday life, um, different tactics that you can use to help address those symptoms. So again, I just wanted to give a huge, huge thank you to Abby for joining me on the show. In talking a bit before the show, you expressed to me that one of one element of psychology that intrigues you is PTSD. Um, I think that that it's a very important topic and one that should be included in way more conversations than it already is. Uh, I think that a lot of people hear the letters you know, PTSD, and they think instantly of, you know, soldiers and war or, or something like seriously traumatic, right? Something um, that would be obviously terrible or horrific, like, like an eight, nine or 10 on a scale, on like a sliding scale. But the, the element of it that sort of pulls my interest more, and may, maybe you'll relate to this here, is that is the middle area of the scale and even the lower end. Um, things that are still like terrible, things that still kind of can resurface with symptoms and, and other things and affect your life, but uh, aren't completely impeding your way forward. Things that are a lot more common um, that that happen to a lot more people than than like you know eight nines and tens don't happen to a lot of people. Those typical those super traumatic events tend to happen to a, a very small amount of people, right? So. Um, I think that, like I said before, I think that COVID will result in some of these. I think that COVID will result in some like lower, very lower end symptoms. But first of all, I guess, what do you kind of think of that? And then second, how are ways that you have dealt with uh, kind of traumatic stress symptoms in the past in your own experience? How have you kind of fight through them um, and, and addressed them as they've popped up? And I know you've had some stories and experiences of your own in, in regards to this. Yes. So I definitely, I mean, when I think of PTSD, that's, you know, like you said, that's what I think of too, is like, you know, the people who are out, you know, fighting for our country, who, who really do have these extremely traumatic experiences, or, 
you know, people involved in, I mean, you name it, you know, yeah. shootings or just all those Domestic things. Domestic violence that, and sexual exactly, abuse, all kinds of yeah. things, terrible things that are on yeah. that far end. Exactly. And, and so when, when I talk about, you know, PTSD, like I haven't been to a, a therapist or a doctor who is like, who has diagnosed me and said, like, you have this, it was just, you know, something where I, you know, you think about the, the, the side effects, and I didn't even realize, like, how dramatic those side effects can be, and like, how much it can affect your life until, until I experienced something that I didn't know at the time, you know, would be traumatic, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, but it has been, and so I definitely don't, don't take, you know, those cases that are more extreme, I don't take those lightly. Um, you know, I definitely, I hope that people who have experienced those types of traumas can really uh, get the help that they need because, um, because it really, I mean, depending on what it is, it, it can affect like your daily life. Oh, and absolutely. It, yeah. it affects your decisions. It affects your your mood uh the way that you think the way that you know that you uh perceive yourself and mm-hmm. I'll kind of go more into that but um but yeah basically I it was like 20 June of 2019 you know July I think it was July 2019 because it was a really crazy month um I was in a car accident and I basically what happened was I was on a pretty busy road and in, you know, one of the busy lanes, that's usually the right turn lane because, you know, everybody's turning right. And, (laughs) and basically what happened was, you know, I was in this really busy lane and it was stop and go traffic. But at this point, yeah, the car right in front of me, I had noticed was, was slowing down a little quicker than, than I was expecting. And, you know, my mom had always taught me, you know, when I started driving, if you see brake lights, like you break the general rule of, yeah. of braking. And so at this point, you know, the car in front of me breaks really quickly. So I'm like, Oh, you know, I should probably break. So I did. And I was, you know, I didn't hit that car in front of me. I was stopped um, with at least a couple of feet in front of me where as far as I remember, I could see their lower bumper. And, yeah. um, and then all of a sudden this car behind me, I actually looked in my rear view mirror and I could see them coming. Oh, no. And I was just like, this is kind of like one of those things that you, you know, that I, I think back to, and that's kind of, you know, just, that just replays in my head. Yeah. That's the moment that Ex- sticks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I saw in my rear view mirror, the person coming behind me, um, I don't know exactly how quickly they were going, but as far as I know, they were going like at least 30 to 40 miles an hour. Yeah. That's kind of the, Jeez. you know, the speed limit in that area is like 45. But yeah. um, anyway, so what happened was they rear-ended me. I'm pretty sure they didn't even like try to stop because <laughs> they hit me pretty hard. Yeah. Jeez. I'll give you some whiplash. Yes. Oh. So, I definitely, I got whiplash yeah. and had to go to the chiropractor for all of that. And, and so I, you know, got rear-ended and then by default, we'll say I rear-ended the person in front of me. Yeah. And, um, 
and yeah, it was, it's just, you know, kind of like what I was just saying is like, just seeing that a person behind me basically about to run into me, like I, you know, I was stopped. I didn't, in that yeah. moment, I didn't think, oh, I can just change lanes. Like it was, it all just happened really fast. And yeah. There's nothing you could do. Exactly. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I guess this is it. <laughs> and, um, and so from, from that point, like, you know, I couldn't even drive off the scene. My car towed and insurance was a nightmare. Like they, when it rains, it pours. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, um, every time that, um, well, up to, well, even now, if it, if it still happens, um, where it's, you know, stop and go traffic. And I noticed that, you know, people in front of me are, are breaking, then I'll, I'll like be cautious. of like the people behind me, but also, you know, just trying to break in time so I can give the person behind me enough time to break. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's multiple times where I'd be like on the freeway or, just driving on, you know, the highway and any, any instance where I am, you know, maybe just following too close or whatever. And, you know, traffic stops. And I'm like, in that moment, I I have this panic, like panic attack. And I like freak out. Like, thankfully I, you know, I've braked, but I'm just waiting for the person behind me to not. And (laughs) that's a hard one because it's not something that you physically have done. It's something that was yeah it's beyond it's out you're just praying that somebody else doesn't just come crashing in behind you and exactly it's like and that's the hard thing is is that like there wasn't anything that you know that I could have really done better and and you know well in that in that situation in my first accident where you know I I stopped as quickly as I could and then at that point I think oh well now it's a the person behind me, it's their turn to, to do yeah. their job. You to know, know how to drive their vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or to hope, I guess. <laughs> Against right. hope. Yeah. So it's, you know, any instance where that happens, where I'm at that, that same situation where, you know, traffic is just insane and, and people are stopping. I just, you know, again, up to the certain point, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, I just freak out and I, I just... I cry like like tears would just come to my eyes and then I I it's just that hopelessness of like mm-hmm. feeling like there's nothing I can do and you know and again it just it all plays back as if it had just happened again mm-hmm. and so that's and I'm and I'm sure that that you know for anyone else out there who has that that trauma like you, you just get a glimpse of of those memories and and those triggers and I just it's just I shake and yeah and just do, do you think that does it affect um I don't know I mean maybe not today still or maybe it does I don't know you'd have to you'd have to say but do you think that it affects you every time you consider like even driving your vehicle to some degree has it has it changed the way you drive has it made you even more of a defensive driver or yeah, it's it's definitely I mean when I get into my car, I I don't really think about it too much. Like mm-hmm. I I definitely am cautious and and I think something that has helped me, which mm-hmm. is 
really what I want to talk about too is, is that, um, actually I would, would owe the credit to my boyfriend because <laughs> as, as difficult as it is to be told what to do, <laughs> um, he has helped me a lot in, in trying to prevent those triggers, which I mm. think is super important. And yeah, just um, outright, just not mm-hmm. even deal with them if you don't have to, you know, exactly. And so, um, which is what I know can be hard. Um, again, for those people who have experienced those more, uh, those more intense PTSD, like moments or just that, that more intense trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically what he told me was, you know, cause he would drive and I'd be like, Hey, the people in front of you are breaking. Like yeah. you should probably break. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, it's fine. Like I've, I've got some distance. And I'm like, no, like you need to break. You don't get and it. Then... Somebody's going to come behind us. <laughs> Boogeyman. Exactly. Yeah. I was just like, I'm like freaking out. And you yeah. know, in any situation where somebody, where I feel like whoever I'm driving with is, is, you know, following the person too close behind or they're not breaking, you know, as quickly as I would like them to, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's definitely com- like created some control issues, <laughs> Yeah. but, um, but basically what he told me is like, you just got to give them room because if you, if you give yourself enough room between, you know, yourself and the driver in front of you, then you know, then it should help to allow me to break sooner, you know? And, and that was hard for me to hear because I like to drive fast and, you know, it, it just made me think that, you know, it's okay to drive slower. Like, yes, people are probably going to be upset and be like, Hey, you've got, you know, like three or four cars distance in front of you. Like, you know, I, I always think about the people behind me are going to be pissed, but I, I don't care. Like I can't, I can't occupy my mind with what are other people going to think? I have to think of, you know, I'm doing what's safe and, um, and as long as that's preventing an accident, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah. Um, now granted, I know that driving too slow can also be dangerous, um, it's just about being cautious. Yeah, like, balancing that out. Exactly. Yeah. So w- while I like to drive fast, I can drive fast while traffic allows it, you yeah. know, and yeah. hopefully not too far over the speed limit. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just so since then, I have really just been more cautious where I I just have to be patient, you know, like as as frustrating as traffic is it i would rather wait you know 3 minutes for traffic to lighten up than a half an hour or an hour because there's just been an accident and you know and now depending on how how intense the accident or or how bad it was uh you know i might i might not even get to my destination you know yeah <laughs> so yeah it's like you know, I'd rather be late to something than, than never show up at all. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's those little things like think about like how the, how the trauma came to be and thinking Mm -hmm. about ways to prevent just the trigger, because while that trauma is still there, when those triggers occur, Mm -hmm. 
um, I, I don't experience it as much because of that, that realization that, oh, you know, I can just drive slower yeah. or just be more cautious. And, um, you know, as crazy as it is just talking about it, you know, I got in another accident that <laughs> I, I, I kind of told you a little bit oh, about, no. or I think I did. Um, yeah, you, but, you briefly mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically long story short, I was going through a roundabout. There's two lanes. Yeah. I was on the inner lane. I was in the inner lane the whole time. So I didn't change lanes or anything in the roundabout and the roundabout allows you to exit from both lanes. It's not just like, Oh, only the outside lane can, can exit like both lanes can. And so it's going through a roundabout. I was almost out of the roundabout when this 16 year old who d- who just barely got her license doesn't even have the actual license itself just the paperwork oh no she had this poor girl yeah she, <laughs> oh, which, no. which i was like totally understanding i was like hey like you know when it happened she was like i'm so sorry and i was yeah. like you know what like i i got in an accident when i was 16 um so many accidents and like 24 <laughs> it's really terrible but but every time i go through that same roundabout or any roundabout for that matter. Like I just, I, I do kind of think like one, is there a different way? Is there a different route? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I just, I'm just careful again, you know, just being extra cautious, like waiting for the traffic. If I'm not sure, just like wait for the traffic to be absolutely clear so I can go because again, it's, it's more worth it to be patient than to, you know, than to potentially cause an accident and, you know, and put others in danger. So. Yeah, um, absolutely. I was just going to say that I really think that I really like that one about one of the things you said about finding triggers, because I think that uh, there's a lot of, it's really easy to kind of get sucked into what's happening every day, right. Instead of what's causing what's happening every day. And I think that, you know, obviously what's happening to you every day is that's, that's your daily life. And so that's going to be your mood and your, and and everything, right. And your attitude towards life and everything. And I think that, you know, if you were to just be driving around all the time and doing things that were actively aggravating and picking at the scab of your, of your, of your, you know, PTSD, of, of getting in a wreck, you know, without realizing this is actually what's causing the trigger. I mean, obviously sometimes it can be kind of easy to see what causes a trigger because you can see in this moment, I am actually having increased, you know, heart rate and shakes, panic attacks and stuff. But, um, for, for the other things, you know, other things as you, as you, I mean, and this could be in, you know, hot fixed into any sort of PTSD scenario, especially on things that are on that lower and middle edge of the scale. But um, I think that targeting those triggers and finding them and saying, how do we, well, how do we do one of two things? Either A, if it's something that I have to do, like driving, how do Mm -hmm. I, how do I cope with it? Right. That's what, that's what that is. And you figured out, well, the way I cope with it is I adjust how I drive so that it can so I can drive with peace of mind to some degree, right? Obviously you can't control everybody else, but it makes right. it so that you, 
at least it sounds like it makes it so that you are able to, you know, you're going to put those car lengths in between each car because it's like might as well. If it, if it alleviates the panic attacks, if it alleviates the trigger, it's worth it. Right. It's 100% worth it. Because I mean, if you think about it, I would think that a panic attack behind the wheel would just be cause for even more danger. Right. So if anything, you want to be doing what you've, what you've done here, which is being almost hyper aware of, of what's causing the problem and squashing it so that you can move on with living a happy life. And so I think that's a really, I think that's probably one of the most important things with, with finding those PTSD symptoms and handling them is, is actually being willing to do so, right. Actually finding those triggers and Mm -hmm. doing something with them. Yeah. Um, That's definitely, um, I just wanted to add that, you know, it's, you know, like you said, finding them and, and being willing to do something about them is, is super important so that you can, you know, if, if possible, prevent those triggers. And, and one thing, just like what I was talking about earlier is the whole accountability thing and like how, you know, me thinking like, how did I create this? What could I have done better? Mm-hmm. And going back, I, I do kind of think about what I could have done better or, you know, in in the the instance where, you know, there's the roundabout accident, I kind of sort of remember thinking maybe I should be in this lane instead, like in the outer lane for whatever reason that I, I want to say that briefly came to my mind. Mm-hmm. But um regardless, that's not what I did. And yeah, at the end of the day. And, and who knows if it would have prevented the accident or if it would have just you know been the same thing but really what's important and and kind of what takes me away from that that mindset of oh you know poor me this happened to me it Mm -hmm. wasn't even you know according to law it wasn't my fault and you know there's nothing I could do to prevent it or whatever I just have to think okay this did happen what can I do to prevent it from happening in the future? And what can I learn from this? Because yeah. then it's more of a, again, like self-improvement and, and growth process rather than, you know, just going to that dark place of like, yeah. you know, just self-pity and, yep. <laughs> and all of that. Cause that's not very healthy. So uh, that's, that's a good thing. I think to I think it's really easy for a situation like this where you you actually literally have the justice system telling you that you are a victim mm-hmm. and and in the eyes of the justice system you you are, but you have this whole, you know, huge thing telling you that you're a victim. You have um the system telling you that, that this happened to you. And while those that's all good, well and good, it's really easy to almost believe that to this, to the mm-hmm. point of, of it being like pity, right? Obviously yeah. for the sense of, for justice, it has to, yeah, there has to be some sort of fault, but uh, it's easy for situations like this to be looked at as situations where you don't learn anything. And it's just something that happened to you and be angry, bitter about it, resentful and move on. But I think it's really, really cool that you've taken something as out of your control as this and said, no, 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 nothing is, you know, nothing is going to be, you know, you're not going to cherry pick what, what things you're going to grow from and what things you're not. It's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) 
let's we're gonna everything's gonna be on the plate right right and and along those lines of you know earlier we we're talking about the scale of you know this is what's happened you know in with these accidents is uh i would say more on that minor you know minor scale um not so much of the you know the really intense you know eight nine ten scales um um i think it is really cool like you look at these people um i can't think of any specific ones off the top of my head but basically uh i know there's been some you know celebrities that have come out and said i you know um i've experienced this this and this trauma or this abuse or whatever it is and they do something good with it yeah. like yeah. they you know they create these uh charities or just these communities of people who have also dealt with similar issues and try to you know prevent these situations for other people and provide help you know yeah it's kind of like and a rising from the ashes type thing exactly like making making light of um not not saying making light but creating light where yeah. most people see it as just darkness and and sadness and it's like you know creating something good out of yeah. those situations is is really incredible and and i think that that could be you know something that those people with with those more extensive traumas um, maybe that's something that that they can do to, you know, take to, to create that good in their life. Essentially, yeah. Take your uh, take your mind off of yourself, uh, mm-hmm. and not not that it's a selfish thing to be, uh, you know, reveling in a trauma, but exactly in, in a sense, it is a thing that is centered around yourself, right? And right. so, I think when you, I mean, I think anytime you're able to remove your what's going on in your brain and up up top and 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 turn it outward and look at other people and help other people anytime you're able to do that i think i mean that's something that your mom has taught me that's something my mom continues to always teach me that that you know anytime that you can do that is going to be a time that you're going to walk away with something something that you learned something that you were able to grow from i think I think that leads into another question I have a very pretty, pretty well. And it's, it's, do you think that forgiveness and gratitude or forgiveness or gratitude can be agents to help fight PTSD symptoms? And we kind of have talked about this a little bit. Um, and also pulling in what we've talked to at the very beginning of the, of the podcast, do you think that responsibility and accountability are agents in helping fight PTSD symptoms? Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question. So, as far as like forgiveness and and gratitude goes, um, I definitely feel like in in general, uh, something that I've learned about forgiveness is that you know, we'll say the opposite of forgiveness, like holding a grudge mm-hmm. and thinking, you know, uh or almost just like wanting wanting vengeance you know yeah (laughs) for so long yeah like that lady that that did run into me you know that um that rear-ended me the 
in, in the first accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like to this day, I still think to myself um, more in moments of like where I'm kind of feeling down or whatever. I just think, man, I should have like sued her or yeah, like, <laughs> at least given her the bird or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like something. And, yeah. and what's kind of crazy is that I didn't even, this is a part that I didn't really mention is that I didn't even talk to the lady. Like, I mean, she, she said something along the lines of like, are you okay or whatever? But I was just so focused on my car and in like letting my mom know what just happened. Yeah. Um, I was on my way to, to this you know get together and so i was focused on you know making sure that people knew like that i was i was almost there even like i was like less than two minutes away and so i was just you know focused on letting them know what happened and you know seeing if they can pick me up like there's just so much going on that i didn't even think to ask the lady like what happened like were you on your phone like so there's not really like even any closure there um and so like I said, like for so long, I've just thought about, about these things of like, you know, I should have asked for more money for like counseling or, you know, something. Uh-huh. And, um, and I even talked to your mom cause you know, she was saying something about, um, about, you know, your brother's accident and, yeah. and about how, you know, you can ask for money for things like counseling. Um, because oh, yeah. it's, you know, that's restitution right there. I mean, exactly. That is, um, I work obviously in the court system, so we deal with restitution all day, every day. And (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah, all the time. Um, even if there are a lot of times when cases have no monetary outcome or, or Mm -hmm. loss or, or at least perceived loss, right. It's not a case. For example, it's not something where somebody stole something or damaged something or anything like that. It was just like they, whatever, you know, some, something happened harassment or whatever. Right. Um, that's one thing that happens in the court a lot is that, um, when there's no monetary loss, they'll be, uh, they'll actually request restitution for something like, uh, psychological counseling or, um, therapy any kind of treatment program something like that so it's definitely something that that can be requested when you know something like that does happen it's kind of interesting exactly and it's and for me i i kind of go back to like well i couldn't i mean it's not that i couldn't have asked for more money or Mm -hmm. or anything like that it's just like again i was so focused on getting my car fixed and i was like i don't think i can even like afford a lawyer and yeah. there's just like so much going through my brain like I don't know how this works and and so with forgiveness I I've learned I feel like this is from the Lion King but I can't remember <laughs> where um you know forgiveness like not forgiving the other person is like swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die oh I like that yeah and I've heard that somewhere but that is good yeah, because it's like, in a sense, like me not That's forgiving good. someone is like, they've probably this lady, I'm sure she remembers the accident unless, uh-huh. you know, she's, well, I was gonna say dead, but even <laughs> then, you know, I mean, I don't know, she was an older lady, probably in her 50s or 60s. But um, anyway, so this lady probably doesn't even think about it on a day-to-day basis like I do I mean maybe she does and she's dealing with her own trauma you know that's I feel like that's very possible and so um 
see, even now I'm thinking about like her, her perspective. I'm like, Oh, yeah. maybe she's, you know, dealing with this. But, um, I mean, that's another thing is that she could be dealing with her own stuff. Meanwhile, I'm thinking about my stuff and while she may not be feeling the same things that I feel, it's not worth my time or my energy to even think about that anguish and that grief of like, you know, man, I really hate this lady. Like, (laughs) like it doesn't do, yeah, it doesn't do me any good to, to think those thoughts because then that just brings me down and ruins my day, you know? Yeah. So I feel like forgiveness is definitely important to, to that process. Um, especially when it involves somebody else. Yeah. I will say something that people probably don't think about a lot, but it's talked about is like forgiving myself because that's another thing that is really important. You know, um, I feel like I'm definitely hard on myself uh, with these accidents and just thinking like, even though the first, you know, when I was 16, that accident was my fault. Um, these other two, I'm like, how am I 24? And I've been in three accidents. <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm just thinking like, oh, I really wanted to, wanted to live this perfect life of like, you know, no accidents until I die. And, um, and here we are. Here we are. Deep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, I just have to be easy on myself and just realize like, this yeah. is part of life. This is what happens. Like, it's like, do not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I think I really liked how you turned forgiveness. Cause obviously when you say how, you know, when I asked the question, can forgiveness be oriented uh, in a way to help you with PTSD symptoms? It's really easy to think about it in the sense of forgiving somebody who has caused trauma to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I wrote the question, that is actually what I was kind of thinking of it in, but I really, really mm-hmm. like the, the, the turn on it of, of forgiving yourself because there is a lot of, of weight that comes with, with trauma and, and self blame. I mean, I know mm-hmm. I've heard a lot about, you know, um, in, in like sexual abuse and, and rape cases and things about all mm-hmm. kinds of, of, um, self-blame and 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 things like that that can come from that uh that type of drama blaming blaming yourself for being in the spot you were at the time you were for wearing what you were wearing and it's like totally useless right like it, it, exactly. self-blaming yourself for those situations is like it's really easy to do and 100 understandable why anybody would fall into that i i i mean i've been in similar situations where i've mm-hmm. done um and my with my own ptsd scenarios um where i've blamed myself but it only i i don't know i agree it only ever leads to a a dark and 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 worthless place where you're not gonna you're not really learning anything it's self-destructive it's not self-constructive and there's there's just a lot of better ways to spend your time and if anything you know it's something that you can use as a motivator to um push through the things that are kind of weighing you down or to even reorient what you're looking at and find those triggers like we said earlier exactly it's like it's it's so like you're saying like it's not worth thinking about and because it's you know at the end of the day no matter how you feel about it as harsh as that sounds like what happened it like 
you can't change it. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's the past. And, and so rather than dwelling on it, like, you know, move forward. And, and that's really what forgiveness is all about is like, not, not dwelling on the past and, and about what happened, but thinking about, you know, okay, this happened, what can I learn from it? And how can I move forward? Um, And so, yeah, forgiveness is huge with, with kind of easing those PTSD moments. And um, along with that, you know, like you're saying, gratitude is, it's, it's so important to, to be grateful, because again, if, if I'm just thinking, oh, this stuff happened to me, like I now my car is damaged and you know whatever it's like at least I I still have a car yeah and I I have insurance like there's so many things to be grateful for in that moment like I have help and and as much as difficult as it is to go through the process of getting my car fixed and dealing with my car being dented and so gratitude is is huge. Um, again, it's just one of those feelings that when, you know, when I'm feeling grateful, I'm, I'm not feeling the, the anguish and I'm not putting myself in a bad place mentally. Um, because if I want to create a good day and I want to, you know, be in a good place, I have to put myself there. And that's what gratitude does is it it puts you in a place of just you know in in the space of receiving more good in my life you know I feel like I just I have to be grateful for the things that I do have because if I'm not then let's say like the universe uh, (laughs) kind of like that that energy is like, oh, well, she's not grateful for what she already has. Why would I give her more? <laughs> yeah. So life is kind of like, it, that's just how it is. It's, it's never it's bad to be grateful. <laughs> nope, it yeah. is not. I, I always like to say being grateful is an active uh, ego repellent. It makes mm-hmm. it so instead of getting a big head and thinking about yourself, thinking you're all that and you can handle everything and you're invincible and everything like that, it, being great, grateful and having gratitude makes you look outside yourself it forces you to look outside yourself and i think i think that that is valuable and i think that that is probably one of the better better ways that we can fight ptsd symptoms whether they be a one on the scale of 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 you know intensity and trauma or whether they be you know a 10 it's definitely one of the ways you know it's obviously mm-hmm. not the only way um right. I think, I think it's probably, I think that's probably where we ought to wrap it up, but I do have one more question. Have you yeah. read any good books lately? That or is anything, a great any good podcasts, anything like that? Well, your pod- podcast <laughs> is excellent. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Besides this podcast, besides. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't, I honestly don't listen to a lot of other podcasts at the moment. Um, I know as far as books go, there's a couple really great ones. Um, I know that, let's see, and I haven't actually finished this book, which is another, it's a goal of mine to, to 
actually like sit down and read these books because they are really good. Um, but the the one book I've been reading lately is um, it's called The Magic of Thinking Big, which I love because again, it, it just, it, there's so many little tidbits of, of things to, to really ponder on and think about like, yeah. you know, why, why limit myself, you know, to these, these little things when I can be thinking bigger and, and getting myself in the, in the space of, if I think big, then big things can happen. Oh yeah. And um, so that's a really incredible one. So another book that I think is really amazing to read is I want to say it's, it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that is one of my favorite books because it it really taught me to be a better listener mm-hmm. and not think so much about myself of like meeting someone new and being like da 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 like you know chit chatting about my life. And, you know, it's like, if you, if you want friends, then, you know, listening to them and and listening to their story and, you know, things that they like, one, you learn a lot about that person, but two, they will notice that, you know, that you actually are taking an interest into them and you show that you care. And that's essentially what will win people over. And, um, so that one is a, a really great one as well. So I'd say those are probably my top two. Top for, two. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> I, uh, I've definitely, I've heard of the second one, um, how to win friends and influence people. I have not read it yet, but I've heard a ton of times, read this book, read this book. So it's on the list. It's going on the list. Also, <laughs> um, I haven't heard of that first book, but it definitely sounds interesting. What was it? The magic of thinking big, the magic of thinking big. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. All right. And then, tell everyone who's listening if if you would like uh where they can find you if you'd like them to uh you know follow you on any social media or anything like that yeah so i am uh not super active right now on social media but i will most likely be posting something soon um but my instagram is at ablin willis uh so that is a mixture of all three of my names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that is at A-B-B-L-Y-N-N and then Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S. And that is the, the main place where you can find me and see what I'm up to. And, you know, hopefully soon sharing more of my philosophical and psych- psychological thoughts that, that uh, may or may not be interesting. <laughs> So yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. I think that's where we are probably going to wrap up this episode. If you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode, please be sure to follow Bed Letter on whatever platform you prefer to listen to it on. Uh, Remember that you can add your name to the monthly newsletter list, join the community Discord server, and more over on my website, cashleman.com. If you're interested in supporting the show, I also have a Patreon page with some cool donation benefits. If anything from today's episode sparked a thought, uh, please feel free to share that on either the Discord, uh, in the comments section of my blog, or on my Instagram at C. Ashleman. Or you can scurry on over to Abby's Instagram as she has shared it. 
but anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. Um, I feel like in the future, at some point, I'm probably going to force Abby to be another, another guest because it's always a good time talking. Um, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. I hope you guys have an awesome week and I'll see you next time on Bed Letter. <laughs>